I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 429. Jared Miller, disc golf guy, joined alongside Johnny V. As always, 429. Not all of those episodes you were joined next to me, but no, no, but, but quite, quite a few. Far too many. <laughs> uh, something of note or interest that some people picked up on, uh, including our good friend Dana Mite, Dana Vici. Yes, he did. Uh, four days ago on the 11th, which I believe was also Veterans Day, but uh, four four days ago uh, we had celebrated our eight year birthday or anniversary, whatever you want to call it, of the Smashbox TV podcast. Eight years. Eight. Yeah, so if you do some of that math, it worked out that we have we've missed very few weeks. Correct. And then on a few of the larger events and the early goings, we had sometimes put up uh put out multiples and that's how we uh That's how we that's how we skew the numbers. Yeah, got the numbers up. But what is that? Eight times what how many is there fifty two? There's fifty two weeks in a year. Mm, wow. So four sixteen and we're at four twenty nine. So just a little bit ahead of so we we average more than one a week. Holy cow! I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I just say that here and now, uh, averaging a little more than one a week. So thank you to all of our supporters, uh, everyone. Whether you listen live on Tuesday nights, or, or if you listen on the podcast, you listen via by Patreon. Actual, yeah, or if you download, because like, if I mean if you're a Patreon supporter, you get your own feed, and it comes out tonight, right when we're done with the podcast. 
I rip it. I burn it. I update it. Flip it, it down. I, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I smack it up, flip it, rub it down. All of it. You yeah. know, anything Bell Bib DeVoe tells me to do, I do. BBD. Part of the East Coast family. <laughs> the whole East Coast family. Maybe exactly. ABC. Maybe. Um, but yeah, if you're a Patreon supporter, obviously you get your own personal feed that comes out right away. If you're not a Patreon supporter and you still do listen to the podcast, obviously we're able to be found on any audio medium, any of the podcast re- readers, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Apple Cast, whatever they're calling their things these days. But yeah, mm. we're able to be found on all cast, of them. Cast. Cast. Casts. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Either way. So, or any way you look at it. So thank you again for joining us for all of this silliness and nonsense throughout all these years. Crazy to think that it's been it's been eight years. It feels longer. Tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not lying. It does. It feels. I. I mean, eight years. My son was five years old. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. your daughter was probably six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, some math. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> my my daughter. Well. My daughter was two years old. Uh-huh. Almost uh-huh. three. Yeah. And, and my other daughter was, was three. Yeah. Yeah. So. It just, just, it feels like it's been longer than that, just based on <sighs> time and us getting older. And, and we've got people on the board that were with us since, you know, darn near the first couple episodes. So much appreciated to everybody out there. Yeah. Um, and digging DG, I want to do a quick update on that. What's the update on the Patreon discs? Um, I have the, the, the correct ones out in the garage. <laughs> I should hopefully be signing those. And we're going to send out, the last two years worth of discs together. All in one. All in one. Because it'll be nice because of Terry's disc in a box. Mm-hmm. You can send two discs in one you box. You could send three if they're drivers. If or... we waited another year. But we're not going to. <laughs> but I they're promise. Not drivers. So uh, they won't fit. That's true. They, they won't fit. So, yeah. So, we're going to. Those. Um, this year's will be. And last year's will both be shipped out together. No. Yeah. This year's and last year's. Or is this year's and next year's. This well, year's well, and last year's. look at it. But, yeah. Yeah. We're going to get them both out at the same exact time. Which oh. is going to work out really well. Uh, And I will go ahead and say, as uh, often when I travel to various locations, uh, some people are really gracious and kind. We we sometimes hear the murmurs and the complaints and the frustrations from the deep, dark interwebs. But then sometimes when I go to events in person, that's when they all change their... No, (laughs) that's when uh, uh, a lot of people graciously come up and say thank you. And for that, we certainly appreciate... Um, I mean, they don't say so many nice things about you, but that's only because you're not there. If you were there, they would have to say I mean, nice that, things. They about would me. feel obligated to say something nice it's to you uh, about you. But uh, when I was in Arizona this last weekend, which is a whole other story, we'll talk about the great uh, PLO, the Phoenix Ladies Open. But when I was there, a number of people, uh, very gracious, uh, had very kind things to say. So we do appreciate each and every one of you, uh, week in and week out, and. Uh, it still blows my mind the the various ways in which people consume, whether they're listening live tonight or whether they, you know, like you said, get their, their Patreon supporter and get it right away in the morning tomorrow, or they wait for a few days when it comes out to everyone else, or they replay it on YouTube. There's just <laughs> all these different options. So Mo gave a, 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 had a really funny tweet earlier in the week because I believe he, he attempted to run a marathon this past weekend. Attempted. He apparently had to be pulled off the course with about a mile to go. What? Yeah, I he, attempted as well, but I only. <laughs> so I, I, so I, my heart goes zero miles. My, my heart goes out to Mo for that. What? How did he? He, he, he. This is a him question. I only saw a little bit of information about it. He more or less said that he probably should have eaten a little bit more potassium, banana, it up, and that he kind of neglected that. But like three out of his last four miles that he actually ran were still like six twenty. 
which is ridiculous. I've never run a, I've never run an eight minute mile in my life. And, and after 20, and he's 24 in, and he's he's still, but he did say that last week's podcast with Brody, um, not that he listened to it during the marathon because that probably would have worked out for him. Yeah, um, exactly. But we're your best marathon podcast. We are. Uh, but he did say that he was driving from Chicago to Madison and, when I said, oh, no, no, one more question, Brody, that got him from Chicago to Madison after the one more question. Yeah, after, so, which turned into nine more. Which turned so. into nine more in a lot of times. So ultimately, uh, yes, that is, that's what we do. We, you know, we support marathoners. Yeah, <laughs> that, that should be one of our pitches. It's long <laughs> enough to last you through a marathon. Yeah. But, uh, not for us. I mean, <laughs> we should do a podcast while running a marathon. You and I. Yes. That would like be a marathon a podcast. <laughs> Just you and I sucking wind for 26 miles. I, I think we'd have a better chance of of a 24-hour marathon podcast as opposed to which would, completing a marathon. Which would take longer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But uh, thank you guys so much. So tonight, of course, uh, and, and in full disclosure, they're, they're, we were locked and loaded. In fact, I even created the Instagram early. Normally, I do it when I get to Johnny's. Tonight, I created a little bit earlier. I recorded it. It was snowing out. I was whining about the snow compared to what I was in in. Uh, Phoenix just 24 hours ago or so, 30 hours ago, and was announcing that we're going to have Nico LaCastro. Nico LaCastro, of course, had a big announcement last week uh, talking about his uh, new sponsorship with Lone Star Discs. Sorry, I spoiled it last week. I had (laughs) initially then uh, reached out to him immediately after the news had officially dropped and said, hey, let's, let's do something. And he said, yeah, 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 we'll plan on Tuesday night. Sunday night, he confirms with me, yep, we're on for Tuesday, and then uh, about an hour ago, I said, yeah, we're on for, for, you know, in an hour, right? And he's like, oh, wait, sorry, conflict. (laughs) So uh, I may or may not catch up with Nico myself tomorrow, and you may see that in some form of the Drop Zone podcast, but uh, Nico LaCastro, as of a little while ago, not not (laughs) joining us, I believe he's at a league or a mini you know, a mini event, so to speak, in whatever state or city he's currently in. So uh, he he wants to postpone. But apparently he was on Nick and Matt. What did you learn there? I didn't watch. You, you're you the research department, Johnny. I am the research department, but you know what? It's the off season for me. <laughs> okay. I'm still not caught up on, on tour. I got two episodes to go with that. Oh, I heard, see, now I'm ahead of you on that one. Oh, really? I heard the third episode was really good, so yeah. I'm excited to see it. It was more of maybe what I was looking for on, on episode one. So, so uh, you want to give your quick review? Of, are you? Yeah, sure. I can quickly talk yeah, about it. I'll um, say the, the one thing that bothers me about the uh, uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour app is that I can't download them onto my phone. You can. Really? I tried to do that and with you OnTour. You, there is uh, in there, in the app, which I also am very not versed with, no. simply because I don't need it, because I'm usually at the event. Uh, correct. Uh, um, often. However, there is an option to download, and you may or may not have it set to download when you're on Wi-Fi or not. That I don't know. Um I had to turn off the feature to so that it would only download on Wi-Fi because I downloaded the third one. So if you click on the actual event, as Johnny's got it up, so yeah, right. click on that for instance. Click on the event. Yep, click on that, and once it pops up, 
All right. And now, is there? Oh, there is. Oh, there is a download there. I, I must have. So I'm also having a strange issue with my Roku, and I'm going to have to talk to somebody at the Pro Tour. I usually watch all my thing, all the Pro Tour stuff, which I wanted to watch a little bit this weekend on my television through my Roku. It keeps telling, asking me to subscribe on my Roku, even though I'm subscribed because I can get it on my phone just fine. So I'm going to have to log into the back end myself and mess around because I have just those. Pressing buttons. Give just, everybody free subscriptions. Just our dearest Patreon support watchers. You're still not getting it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have that kind of power. Yeah. So, yeah, you can download it uh, so that yeah. it can be offline, That's good. Awesome. so to speak, so you can be offline with it. And I think I said it on this very show last week that I hadn't seen any of them. And before I give any official review, I guess I'm, I do need to go out. I'd like to know, how is it sold? How is it pitched? How is it described in terms of, uh, in terms of, well, I think it's self network. How is it described the on tour series? Because that I think will help because you and Brody had both talked about specifically Brody was, didn't think it would necessarily, I don't know, scratch an itch or it was, sure. he didn't know if it was the format that he may or may not like. And then you guys kind of had that conversation. Then you felt as, I think you had said it, that it felt a little recappy. Is that the, a good, is that the first episode unofficial? Yeah. Word? The first episode felt a re- little recappy to me. Um, there, there was obviously some stuff with Conrad and Kona, but it did get a little bit into the actual event, which to me l- where I lost my interest. Now I'll, I'll say this. It was the first episode this was brand new to everybody back last February when they were filming it. So it's possible that they didn't exactly know what they were shooting for at the time. They weren't, they didn't have a full vision of what they wanted to go with. And it, it would, and hopefully it will mature over the season as they kind of maybe hone in what they want from the on tour. My understanding is it's kind of a, I, I don't want to say a knockoff, but a knockoff of the drive to uh, the, the F1, the F1 Drive for Success or whatever the heck it's called. Um, it's on, which is on, I think, Netflix. Um, and so that's kind of what it is. I don't know if it's ever really truly been sold as anything other than on tour, like kind of a behind the scenes of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I, I don't know if they've really ever said it focuses on anything particular. Well, I so. was, and, and like I said, I was looking for the exact description. And if mm-hmm. I go out to the on tour, uh, this is going to be. Bring me to the actual. Yep, you want you probably want the video. collection. Yeah, I, w- I was there a moment ago before I signed in. Here we go. So when you go to DGPT on tour, it <clears throat> says the DGN Originals docu series that takes you inside the tour like never before. Which I, I will say, if if that's what you're going for, that's true. There's never been anything like this before. So ultimately, they are succeeding in that. So I downloaded and watched episodes one and two on the way out to Arizona. And I, and I have to preface this by saying, I I don't feel like I'm often the right audience. audience. (laughs) More often. Are you sure? Cause 'cause you're, you were in the first one. I know. I was going to say, I'm physically at these events. I also live and breathe disc golf. I work with disc golf network, the disc golf pro tour, and I'm in a in a heavily involved media capacity, so I don't know that this is necessarily geared toward me. With that, I'm also a diehard disc golf fanatic, and I love good disc golf footage. Me too. 
that's that shot well and edited together professionally like this is i agree i think this is this is edited well i think Corey's done Corey and uh dustin and dustin have done phenomenal jobs with the well, editing bluefoot entertainment and joe canali and and everybody else that has any hand in it and, and i don't know all the hands that were part of this all of them i know it's being uh audio mixed right here in in milwaukee uh there's some audio stuff that's being done here in milwaukee um so it, it's clearly this you know very substantial undertaking to put this together I enjoyed it, and and I'd be curious if somebody you know if somebody says that they don't, I'd be curious as to why. And then, if so, is it because you just expected? Is it is it a meeting expectations thing? For me, you that's what the first one thing, was. and you got another good, bad, or indifferent. But it was different from your from you know what was anticipated. Um, I I went in with very little expectation. I did expect. I can see what you're saying when the the parts to me that are the best that I love over now three episodes. I watched the Monday release on Monday on the way home yesterday. I do enjoy the pieces more on some individual players. Yes. You know, the Gannon Burr in the most recent piece, Kale LaVisca, um, I should say, in the most recent piece, so on and so forth. Those are more exciting to me than the parts that are recapping the event but then again i was physically at the event so it may it may or may not hit the same for me as it would for someone else other people may find that as their favorite part and Correct. that's understandable but for me personally i love all of the extra pieces where they clearly had to go do other things you know like you guys were saying with kona and james there was certainly an mm-hmm. emphasis and a focus on them at the beginning of the Las Vegas event. And then, you know, we see as the events, you know, I think unfold unfold. And I think that's part of the interesting challenge throughout. And I don't know if it'll continue on this path, but if you're picking people that you're focusing on, you're rolling some dice in that, like, wow, do they happen to also maybe play really well that weekend? And that kind of helps complete it. Or, uh, you know, do you have kind of a backup plan or a a secondary storyline to go with? Uh, you know, that's not uh, particular or that's not reliant upon how those kind of featured people play. So, I, yeah, I I like them. I, I, I mean, sh- short answer is I like them. Yeah, I, li- I liked about 60% of the first episode. Again, the recap didn't do anything for me. I felt, to me, it drug, the, it, drug it down a little bit. I would have loved to see the recap be only about five minutes. Like, give me five to seven minutes of kind of what happened at the event, what happened with the player we were following, and and then kind of move on. And, and obviously, I, I don't know how it's done, but maybe, again, you follow, you know, episode two, you follow Drew and Gannon around talking about whatever. I, I don't know. I'm, I do know, I do know that if this is something they stick with, they will get better because, again, we're, we're looking at early season filming of a new product that we weren't even sure what 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 it was probably fully going to be at the time. So, because everything changes in media from what you plan when you initially start the filming and maybe what it turns into by the time it's done. Yeah, and I'll also say if if you're a, not a fan of someone like you, like me, if you're not a fan of me, don't worry. There's plenty of other characters within the stories, yes. and I think that's been really cool as well. Is you're getting a little taste of a lot of different individuals 
and it's, you know most of which you're you're probably somewhat familiar with, but you're getting a taste and a little bit of a tease from many individuals because if you turn it on, and let's just say you're the one person or the half a person in the world that isn't a Kevin Jones fan, and it's 45 minutes of Kevin Jones, you may be like, yeah. eh, but um, that's not the case because it it focuses on different people and different events uh, as it goes throughout. Yeah, like I said, I I enjoy it. Whether or not that really matters, I I if somebody tossed my opinion out the window on this, I wouldn't be offended by that either. Because like I said, I don't know if I'm ultimately the the uh, the target audience, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the next two episodes. I'm not going to stop watching it because it 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 was to me good enough in the spots that I liked that I will continue to watch it. So anyway, just need to find some time. You've got time. We've all got time. Mm, time is the one limited resource. <laughs> but we all have it. We do all have it. Yeah. It's a matter of finding it. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, so, um, yeah, go out, watch it. Uh, I know there's other stuff that is already in the works. I can't let out any secrets, but I was contacted as early as recently as a few hours ago. Uh, yeah. And I know that uh, DGNs were continuing to work on more off-season content. And call me lazy, but, and I understand Christmas, holidays, all the other things. And again, I'm biased because I, I, spoiler alert, I don't pay for my DGN subscription. I think that seems reasonable. Me neither. Um, (laughs) I can't imagine going through the hassle to cancel it for like two months to then turn around and fire it back up in February. And if you are and you need to, or because you just want to, that's fine. I just think of it from a pure hassle perspective. Like, well, I know there's issues then with the PDGA discount and things like that that you need to work through and things like that. So I, I don't know. It's just I'm with you in that I don't necessarily, I personally wouldn't need to, but again, we're everyone's in a different position. I, I get that. I just, um, I, I think about the hassle that it is to go, to go probably cancel it to then turn around and, and then start it back up. So hopefully. You're finding value, and hopefully you're just sticking with it. Uh, if not for anything, just do it out of lazy. Think how lazy you are with everything else that you don't do or you procrastinate <laughs> on. Um, you know, So if an extra $12 over the next two months slides out of your uh, credit card or your pocketbook, you'll be just fine, hopefully. All right. Uh, Seth is on the board, and we'll quickly uh, segue over then to Seth Fenley. Announced yesterday. Was it today? Yesterday? It was yesterday. Uh, my, I'm losing my days. Uh, Seth Fenley, who has been, of course, with the Disc Golf Pro Tour the, for quite a few years. The number one employee. The first full-time employee of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yes. Uh, he's someone that came on very early. We we were there, but not as employees, uh, as we were uh, working from as Smashbox in the very uh, beginning, as was UDisc and a few others. But Seth, ultimately, your first employee of the Disc Golf Pro Tour and uh, just announced yesterday that Seth is going in a month will officially be witness protection hanging it up <laughs> no and uh, that would be a, probably he might need to <laughs> after what he's seen um, and experienced but uh, he'll be hanging it up uh, his disc golf pro tour hat in, in that if, well maybe he'll still wear it but uh, he'll put, be putting on a latitude 64 hat and we'll be doing some uh, some stuff with Latitude as they're looking to expand and have a uh, basically a U.S. representative. And so, Seth, congratulations to you. And uh, 
you know, this this goes hand in hand with, you know, what I've spewed not only for years, but also recently about just so many different opportunities and that are within disc golf and, and the disc golf network mm-hmm. now has expanded to more than 40 events. They talk about also within this announcement that they're going to be putting up uh, more job post and job opportunities within the disc golf network and the disc golf pro tour. Uh, but just in general, if, if, uh, yeah, there's a lot more job opportunities out there in disc golf than there ever has been before. And as I continue to say, even if you don't see the one that you want, that's posted, make it. you go make it you know, or, or pitch it to the right people. You'd be surprised. So love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Witness protection. He says, that's why everyone moves to Florida. Either retirement or witness protection. That that's what sense. That's what's in Florida and Seth Fenley. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, also, uh, and, and Spock, I do appreciate it. We'll segue right over there as I'm, I'm reading a few of these notes right off the board, which are all uh, written anyway. Uh, but yeah, we saw an announcement from uh, Sapu Payu announcing that he was no longer going to be playing competitive disc golf. And... Uh, do you have to be of a certain fan age, fan age base? And uh, do you have to be of a certain either fan base and or age to really appreciate that announcement? Because I th- let's I be think fair, if you came into the sport two years ago, you you very well, you, you didn't it, know Seppo like we did. Correct. Or what he was capable of or what he's accomplished. You may have heard of him or heard of him referenced, but... Seppo was really like ten years ago when he was one of our brightest stars. Yeah, he was the he was the European brightest star ten years ago. He was the guy that everybody looked at and thought, if the you know, if the Europeans are gonna compete, it's gonna be with him. And yeah. and he's the guy who's gonna he's super smooth and he can throw a mile and he's like he's the 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 form that the mm-hmm. Europeans are going to mimic to to dominate this sport eventually. Now, did that happen? Clearly not, but he was, he's kind of the, the, I don't say father figure, but maybe that's the right term for Europe. For a lot of these younger players now, they probably started watching him and he was kind of the name to look, to look at. So again, if you're, if you're in the U S and you're, you know, relatively two to three years into the sport, the name isn't nearly as important as it was for some of us guys who have been around for a little bit longer. But, but yeah, uh, retiring from competitive golf. Now, I want to break that down a little bit more, and I I think that's why it's part of a, it's interesting to mention. We saw really the first time we, I feel like, the first time we really saw that happen was a number of years ago when we saw UC Maresma also make a big deal about retiring. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've always thought to myself, even even when he did that, I always thought to myself, I don't want to say who cares, but in a sense, like, do you really retire from from disc golf? And then, and now knowing what I know about, especially about European disc golf and how serious they take it and how it is treated like mm-hmm. a professional sport, like we treat our football, like we treat our other major sports here in the U.S. In that sense, if you're not going to play competitively anymore. There is kind of an official, formal announcement component to it. In the U.S., I always just think, okay, well, then you—you you mean you just you're stopping? You don't play anymore? Like you—you you know <laughs> what I mean? Like 
You, um, it, it I mean, just, I feel like it's looked at differently in there's Europe a, than it is here. There's a caliber of player that I, f- I feel like can <laughs> make that determination. And I'll, I'll use him because he was a guest last week. If Brody Smith told us, I'm retiring from disc golf, that's kind of like a, eh, you're not playing anymore. Okay, you found something else. If Ricky Wysocki turns around and says, hey, guys, I'm retiring from disc golf. I'm going on the pro pickleball tour. Mm-hmm. That is a big deal. That is a true, assuming that, you know, that were to hold forever or whatever. That is a retirement. That is a, and I'm sure there's no hard and fast line in the sand. I bet you that line is a little bit gray for a lot of people, depending on who you, depending on who you are. If Barry Schultz told us tomorrow, I'm retiring from disc golf. Most people out there are going to be like, okay, cool, man. You and I would be like, wow, Barry's not going to play anymore after, yeah. After 30 plus years or whatever it is. So it, it that's that line in the sand is a little washed out for some people. Well, and just also that our sport is different in that, you know, when mm-hmm. you're retiring from the NFL, well, you're not playing. We're not going to see yeah. you on Sunday ever in a, you know, with a helmet and pads on again. Or we're not going to see you, uh, you know, uh, as a DH uh, out there in the majors if you're officially retired. Like you're you're done done at that point. Disc golf, it's like, well, I mean, I I guess I could in 10 years go pick up a disc and play Masters. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a lot looser in our There's no official retirement. Exactly. Like, you don't submit your papers and be exactly. like, sorry, PDGA. <laughs> I'll, you know, here, here they are. Here's, I'll look for my 401k or yeah, my, my you pension know, or my, my, it's, it, it, it is a little bit unofficial, uh, this could last two years for Seppo, and then he could he could get that burn again. He could be like, no, yeah. I'm still good. I'm going to play. Or he could look at the Masters field and just be like, I don't think, and you forgive me because I didn't watch the, I watched the video, but it wasn't in English. Yeah, you dumb, dumb head. So... Um, I I did not watch it. I, I read it. Thanks, dumb, dumb head. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> but retiring... But, Seppo has a big part of Europe. Uh, prodigy europe correct yeah I, so I, one of the owners yeah. one of the owners okay so um i didn't want to i couldn't i didn't know if he was part owner or full owner or, or how that exactly worked so he's not stepping away from disc golf completely no just competitive play and i bet you a lot of that is i mean he's got to be in his early 30s he is not as competitive as he used to be in the fields you know he's he's probably not he can still take top five on a great weekend mm-hmm. but the youth is getting you know you've got people like Jakob that's out there now like mm-hmm. th- those are the guys that everyone's looking at now and it's it is definitely you know your albert toms and and all those european guys i mean it's it's tough when you have that competitive fire and maybe you just can't compete so it kind of maybe extinguishes that fire a little bit. Yeah. And so that might be what he's going through. I wouldn't be shocked to see him play some masters events. He, I don't, he's clearly not stopping playing. He's just stopping competitive playing. Yeah. He wants to play for fun. Yeah. Well, so yeah, regardless, he's only 28. No way. Seriously. I, I guess. Cause when he sunk that thing in 2011, he was a teenager. He was a teenager. So God, yeah. And that's, and that's just it. It feels like he's in his, early 30 early 30s because we've seen him for so long in the u.s only 28 god i hate young people mm-hmm. <laughs> get off my lawn we'll play 
Secrets We Off Somewhere Else. <laughs> Youngsters. So uh, certainly, definitely part of the news cycle. And I feel like it's obviously if you're a, a big, big prodigy person, it yep. impacts you probably a little bit differently. And then, like I said, some of the age in which... Um, you know, and whether you're, you know, European or not, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, for all the reasons you said, as someone you looked up to, someone you know, tried to possibly emulate and or got tips or tricks or lessons from, uh, it, it probably hits you a little bit different. So nonetheless, um, whatever Seppo is involved with and part of, we certainly wish him nothing but the best. So. All right, so that was uh, also in the news. Um, you know, we don't know too much on Nico's. Uh, I'm backtracking briefly, but we don't know too much. He and made the announcement with Lone Star, uh, and a multi year, multi year, which could again, be two, could be two with options. Theory. Yep, and uh, and then talking about developing his line and some discs, mm-hmm. and then also what did hit the internet today was. His reference that if you go out to his website, you can buy, in fact, buy a Nico LaCastro stopwatch. stopwatch. What and, would be really funny is if that was programmed just to like get to 29 seconds and stop. Like yeah. just sit there at 29. Or as I, I, I did see someone else say, or if it was programmed uh, to be slower so that every three seconds only flips one. <laughs> that would be also. That would be pretty great. Uh, that would be pretty funny. So, um, but nonetheless, you know, he. And. For those of you that don't know, Lone Star is a, a disc manufacturer. They sponsor a few other players. They sponsored uh, uh, Kramer. Yep. And they, Kramer. Yep. And Leah Sinigini. And Leah Sinigini. Two of their... Uh, I'm sure they sponsor more, but those are the two most well-known right now. Those are the two that are on tour um, currently. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure we're going to find out a whole lot more about them. Uh, and, and I'm... Again, I'm guessing some of you watched the uh, interview with Nico. We did not, but uh, watched the interview with Nico, and hopefully there was a little insight, and maybe we'll hear more from him and what they've got going on. But, uh, yeah, you can find them, LoneStarDisc.com. They've got a bunch of stuff out there right now, apparel, hats, uh, shirts, and then obviously a ton of their uh, discs are all available out there. I've heard good things about the discs from people, honestly, so... Yeah, and I'll I'll be the first to admit, it's getting, it's been overwhelming. It's not getting, Terry. No, it's been overwhelming for a few years as someone like myself who offers discs, sells discs on my website, and offers them largely in person to just carry a little bit of everything. It's almost impossible unless you're, you know, driving a semi around. It's almost impossible to carry a little bit from every everyone, um, but Lone Star has certainly put themselves on the map. Uh, a lot in the last year and um yeah if more, yeah, more lo- people are a lot of good word of mouth about the plastic i see a lot of things on social media about people who pick them up for the first time and they're like wow i i absolutely love this i think i think is is it the armadillo is one of the discs that that people I, i've heard a lot about fairly certain um yeah i i think that's <laughs> i'm i'm gonna put my foot in my mouth and that's gonna be like a mint disc or something but uh mm. But I, I swear to God, it was uh, it it was one of the uh, the Lone Star discs. So uh, it, it uh, 
could be. Uh, Any, again, anyway. I'm not familiar yet but, with their lineup, but I'm sure we're going to. Yeah, the Armadillo. Armadillo. Okay, go. thank you. You nailed it, Johnny. Whew, good. Lone Star, send that guy his check. <laughs> send me that Armadillo. If that wasn't a, wow. uh, that wasn't a sale, um, I don't know what was. Because I had heard, I swear to God, I had heard a lot of people say, I really like this Armadillo disc I'm throwing. And I, I was almost certain. I'm like, yeah, that's the Lone Star disc. That, that, but. But, but suddenly I, uh, I I I doubted myself, which I should never do. Let's be honest. Come who, on. Who says you don't? You're not up on it with all the kids. And there's a lot of there's a lot of plastic these days, and a lot of companies. So, but yeah. Anyway, Lone Star uh, picking up Nico LaCastro for multi year deal. Um, it's a. Uh, I mean, with Nico, it's a gamble, right? It's like, a roll of the dice. I mean, we, I guess... we we've seen Nico be sponsored by virtually everybody at some point. You know, I, I, yeah, we started a list last week and it, let's, let's just say he's, he's getting closer to getting the blackout on the bingo card. Um, he, he has had affiliations. The, here's the question that you can answer while you're following along in the podcast is go ahead and start listing them on the chat. And I'd be curious to know if everyone, if we, can if we get miss to, any, or if there's any that we possibly missed, um, you know, and, and clearly, you know, he, and he's posted a lot recently talking about his passion, how he's fired up, he's ready to go. Um, you know, Stat Mando, as posted earlier today. The only player with wins the last three decades. Yes, in the, in the Elite Series or... Oh, correct. Yeah, the, Elite Series type wins. Yep, because you've got national tour wins in the 2000s, in the 2010s, and the 2020s. Yeah, so very impressive. Uh, I'll read some. Uh, of course, I, I hope some of you weren't just going for the low-hanging fruit, but obviously Gateway, his uncle, Dave McCormick. Uh, Innova, yes, he was uh, briefly sponsored by Innova. Le- uh, Westside was his previous last sponsor. That's correct. Prodigy, that is a good pull. Yes, he was one of the original Prodigy crew in 2013. Uh, Joe PG asked the same question I did, and if he was part of Deity, uh, which is where we briefly saw Greg Barsby and I think Matty O uh, part of, and I don't believe that Nico was officially part of that uh, the, the collection of those guys uh, to be with Deity Dis, uh, which was all which was short lived. Deity as a company was very short lived, and um, ultimately I think just had the one disc. But Seth Fenley asked, "Does his Dynamic Discs apparel sponsorship count?" Because that was, <laughs> I'm going to say no, only yeah. because that was pre them making discs because they sponsored a lot of people back in the day. Otherwise you could honestly say that Paul Macbeth was sponsored by dynamic discs, Paul Ulibarri, Katrina, Katrina. Allen, um, they, they, were, they had a back in the day before they were making discs, they were doing a lot of clothing sponsorship. And so a lot of people had, there's a funny commercial out there somewhere of all these people yeah. wearing the DD uh, stuff. And I, I don't know if I would count that officially. Yeah, I, I would not. Uh, Cause I, when I think sponsored, I think disc manufacturers, but, uh, someone says clash, which would be correct. Most recent. Uh, yep. Um, oh yeah, I guess I forgot that it went West side, then clash. I was thinking West side was the most recent. No, no, but it was West side. Clash was just this past year. Yeah. Clash and gateway. Okay. Uh, flight factory. Um, yeah, again, wouldn't consider that, uh, part of their sponsor sponsor. Yeah. Um, I don't believe they make any of their own discs, or I don't think he was sponsored by them or throwing them. Uh, title disc says Lone Star Discs 
Already has 27 molds, and their plastic options are great. They have great glow, too. Very nice plastic, and they make their own stuff. And the yeet for hooligan. Say it, Terry. <laughs> you got me. You made him say it. You, you made him say got it. Me. That's what amazes me a little bit about Lone Star is that they're making their own plastic. A lot of times, these smaller companies will just kind of outsource. We talked about with Brody, outsource the plastic making to another bigger company like a Lat64, like an Innova or a Discraft or MVP, Lone Star's doing it themselves. Yeah. You know, is... and that, that, that to me is the amazing part. Um, and in fact, they're now doing it for other people as well for Hooligan. Um, Fly Life, again, Fly Life was a company that was either owned <laughs> entirely or co-owned more so apparel i i'm not i don't count i'm not counting that as a disc manufacturer uh but fly life uh you could put in there darren hits the hard one i think that was one of the tougher ones daredevil he He, was sponsored by daredevil he came on the uh our podcast that might have been one of his first appearances on our podcast was the uh the daredevil guys and maybe nico talking about uh his sponsorship with them way back way back in the day Legacy. He did have some work. With, he did do some work with Legacy. Uh, somebody's missing. Um, uh, th- that will be your clue. When he was sponsored by Legacy, he also had a, a mixed bag sponsorship that included another manufacturer uh, at that same time. So there's your clue on that one. Whatever <laughs> year that was. So, all right, I'll, I'll break it down. He's never been sponsored by Discraft that we that we knew of. Johnny and I were racking our brain, and I don't believe that was ever uh, nope. part of it. Uh, Quest, I don't think he was ever sponsored by Quest. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, though, a long story short is I ran into a gentleman that had some things made by the same guy that makes Quest because he had mm-hmm. an injection molder, and he was making stuff for him that wasn't Frisbee-related. And, but yet we were at the same trade show doing something. That's interesting. Very small world uh, when you get into these small injection molding uh, people who are doing it out literally in their garages. Um, Dan, thanks he, for the great he was not a, He was not an infinite. Uh, yep. Uh, Quadzilla nails it. Vibram or MVP, depending. Or not MVP, so to speak, but Vibram. Yeah, those are different. Yeah. Yeah. MV- M- Wait, no. He wasn't sponsored by Vibram. He was sponsored by MVP. It's now the MVP open. Correct. At Maple didn't, Hill. Didn't he have a Vibram disc, though, too? No, maybe not. Maybe it was just an MVP disc. Yeah, just MVP. Uh, yes, we nailed Daredevil. He was not sponsored by Millennium that we know of, and he, I don't believe, was ever sponsored by DGA. That was another good guess up there, Joey. <laughs> so I think we... I think we got uh, most of them. I know. Now, I'm, now I'm, I was going to look for my list, because I was wondering... Fairly if we, certain we got them all. Mm, let me check my chart. <laughs> uh yeah i think we do have them all if there's more let us know put it on his wikipedia guys put it on his yeah, wikipedia. speaking of which i challenge anyone that updates wikipedia's um you can update wikipedia terry i, I know but i'm not about to i'm not a writer <laughs> i'm not smart <laughs> enough for that uh no uh there are a number of disc golfers that have wikipedia pages including nico and i saw that it was very very detailed up to a certain point uh, and they, there's a lot of very easy information that could be updated. I keep thinking there's people that are good writers, that are researchers, that would probably love to update Disc Golf Wikipedia pages. I am not one of those people. But there's an opportunity if that's something you're into. Sure. I don't know what kind of street cred that gets you in Disc Golf. Zero. Probably not much. But, no. but, 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 I, but I updated. I, nope. I, I updated. Uh, no. 
Burps asks, why have none of these sponsors, quote unquote, stuck his play, his personality? Um, a lot of different reasons. He left some of them to go to other manufacturers for better deals. Um, so obviously, with Clash recently, I think it a lot had to do with what happened to the European Open. Because I think there's, um, there's Nico on the course and there's Nico off the course. And Nico's very passionate off the course about disc golf. You I mean, he's doing, he's doing clinics. He's always very supportive and positive talking. And then there's competitive Nico who gets a little bit into his own head at times. And we've seen what happens. Yeah. So, um, I, again, this is why it's kind of a gamble for Lone Star. It could pay off really well for him. Nico next year could come out and win two elite series events. And nobody would be shocked. super shocked. No, not at all. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some Elite Series events, actually, now that uh, you perfectly segued unknowingly. But we're going to talk about what we saw this last weekend. With the Silver event, which is not an Elite Series event. But yeah, exactly. Good, good segue. You know what I meant. <laughs> we're gonna, knew what I meant. We're going to talk about the, uh, the new world. Man, he got a new world championship. Championship presented by Dynamics. All right, let's start there. Let's start there real quick. Understandably, if you haven't been around, if you're new here... <laughs> New World Disc Golf Complex or New World Complex or New World Sports Complex, whatever the official title is, it's called New World. It's in Jacksonville, Florida. They have multiple courses. They've hosted Disc Golf Pro Tour events, including the finale before. Yep. Uh, they host a ton of events. Robbie is the owner, and all he is so passionate about disc golf, just so passionate, and this place is a lot of fun to be at. Now, with all of that being said, if you're new here, it's understandable that you got a little confused when at some point this weekend like you read the New World Championships. But the thing I, is, though, the same guy won. <laughs> Do you think Paul accidentally signed up for this thinking it was another world championship? Is, is he calling yes, Discraft he is, right now? Like, hey, I, I, I yes, need, I need seven right yeah, now. I need yes. seven. Well, he, maybe he just went to PG and signed up for everything and said world championships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just did a Google search and just. <laughs> what? In, There's a new one? There's a new world championship? <laughs> I'm on it. Well, either way. So just to be very clear with everyone now, with all of that being said, I, 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 Again, I chuckled at first when I saw that. I'm like, oh, people are so naive or, or don't know. And then I think, no, it's fair. It's fair that you do not understand that the place is called New World. Sports and then Complex. When it says New World Championship, I, depending on where the, where you're emphasizing, right, where you're putting yep. the, the, uh, the emphasis the breath. on. <laughs> exactly. I can understand how it got confusing. The only, So the follow-up, the long-winded follow-up to all that is, if it exists in any capacity next year, should it be called the New World Open, the New World Classic, the, the something just not yeah. New World I Championship? Would, just, is that is that fair? That's a fair. That's that's a fair statement. Having the two words "world" and then "championship" back to back next to each other would be call it the championship at New World. Call it you know just having the sure. terms "world championship" right next to each other. It 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 can be, um, and maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want a little bit of uh, ha-ha, tongue-in-cheek tongue humor about it, and that's okay. I, I would just maybe think about rearranging it because it is a, it's a it's a funny thing. And Seth Seth on the board finally is saying I'm changing it to New World Invitational. Uh, Oh, and inviting only New World champions. <laughs> I was just gonna say, are, 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 who is the official? Call it the New director? World Order. 
And we'll yeah, I know. <laughs> Who's the, who was the official tournament director on on record? That was my next question because I thought you were serious, Seth. It, it is Seth. Okay, so Seth, do you? Hopefully, since you're out there, hopefully you can um, put your thumb on the scales, a little yeah, leverage, yeah, put, your, yeah. put some elbow grease into that. So um, either way, well, as you said, some somebody slid into this and accidentally <laughs> won it whether he meant to be there or not i mean he's still a, he, he's another world champion i guess um paul Macbeth, as jokingly he's we said he's our new world champion um shooting he crushed the field honestly only in the last two rounds though only in two out of the three rounds <laughs> yes terry only he shot a 1071 and a 1053 and a 1054 so you're right the the first round he was actually down by a stroke exactly to Isaac, and he had to fight back he had to yes, struggle claw. claw back to get that like i don't know mm, seven eight, eight, stroke, lead, eight, eight stroke, stroke victory win. yeah well because yeah, I, I think he bested the field I think he picked up four strokes each round or something along those lines about. Yeah. about. So anyway, Paul McBeth wins this one. Second place, double G, Garrett Gerthy, who's always played well at this event, yeah, uh, at, it, the, at this course. And it stuff. suits well for him. Robbie's a good friend and sponsor yep. of his. And uh, Close the course to home. itself, yeah, and, and not too far from home. And the course itself sets up generally pretty well for him. And then tied for third on the podium, two brothers, Isaac and Ezra Robinson. So, you know what? They just decided they couldn't beat each other, so they would tie. Okay. So they shot uh, they shot 17 under. Fifth place, Sullivan Tipton. Um, and then sixth place, Ezra Aderhold. So congratulations to all all the players. Went there. Johnny McRae, some other notable names. Johnny McRae took 11th. Uh, our guest from a few weeks ago, Luke Sampson, he took 12th. So congratulations. Then we go down to the FPO field and the FPO had a, a much closer battle. Maria Oliva wins this with an even on the day shooting a 968, a 970 and a 963. So that's all three rounds above her rating of 946. Second place was Deanne Carey. Third place was Jessica Weiss tied with Sarah Hokum. Fifth place, Holly Finley's. There's your top five for FPO at the New World Championship. <laughs> yeah, and congratulations. I think I also saw a stat saying that Maria Oliva hadn't finished on the podium at an elite series event and then goes and uh, ultimately takes this one down. So congratulations to her. And as Seth brings up on the board, Double G was actually a course pro there for a year, so exactly. that that kind of helped. That that helps out a little bit knowing the it course. Was a thing or two. Uh, I, I did reach out to Maria. I don't believe she saw my message. Unfortunately, uh, she's probably spending all her days uh, with all her autographs. But um, you know, we could we'll take Maria. She might be driving a, back to Texas for exactly, all we know. Yeah, and I was unsure of her plans, but I did reach out to her and and did not receive. I'm not sure if she even saw my message, but congrats to her. And if she wants to join us at any time, she obviously is always welcome to do so. Um, the big question yeah, about biggest this. biggest win of her career. Yeah, it is. It is the biggest win of her career. Um, it, it's it's her first Silver Series event. She hasn't quite hit that Elite Series. The, the competition didn't have your normal Elite Series. It has a kind of a standard Silver Series competition. And we've seen a few new Silver Series winners this year, this calendar year, even though this event is technically part of next year's tour. And points, yep. And points. 
Um, we, we've seen a few uh, new champions this year in the Silver Series, and I think this is... I like this kind of field for a silver series. I don't necessarily, I don't mind when all the, you know, when the silver series lines up with the tour and you see all the big names come to it. Like we saw at Belton and a couple of the other ones this year. Um, but I do kind of like that. The this silver series for FPL primarily focused on some of the players that we really, not that we don't see because we do, we do see Maria Oliva. We do see Sarah Hokum. We do see Jessica Weiss on occasion, but let's be honest during the season, the spotlight really is on Cat, Paige, Kristen, Tatar, Evelina. You know, those are the those are the players that really the spotlight burns brightest for. So to give some other players the spotlight is really nice. Except when you have Paul McBeth come in and steal the spotlight. It's <laughs> another uh, new world and, title, yes, and that being his first silver event as well which is his first one he's won yeah that he's ever won and uh which is also kind of a funny statistic that uh you know with all obviously all of his accolades that he hadn't yet won one now granted he's he's only had a handful of of times he's competed in them i don't think he's ever won a wisconsin tour event i don't know if he ever won mad city open probably not (laughs) so there that that's another thing he has to check off his list yeah I mean, he couldn't get it done at Am Worlds here. He failed miserably there. He just is not good in Wisconsin. Second. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, are you surprised that he played? Because he's he's now living down in Florida. Maybe he. Uh, normally, we've seen Paul take kind of a couple month break from the end of the season to usually about mid February. He kind of gets back in the swing. Some sometimes he'll play uh, out in California for an, a warm up event. Sometimes he just goes, he skipped Vegas this year. I don't know if he's going to plan it. I, I'm guessing he's going to play Vegas next year, but you sure. never, but you never know with Paul. He, he makes decisions that are based on him. And for all we know, there could be a, he could be putting in a course somewhere in Asia that weekend and just decide to skip the Las Vegas challenge. You just don't know with him. Yeah. Um. But are you, are you shocked? I won't say shocked. Are you surprised that he's got a few of these events lined up this year? Yeah. I mean, when, when we saw that, announcement or we saw that he was signing up for a couple of them i remember reaching out to him and said something to the effect of why are you playing in three more events do you need the money you know are things tight <laughs> and uh he he, uh, he replied uh, uh i just feel like playing i want to create a better tour routine so i figure i could do that and practice while playing in a few events this during the winter time and like you said he's now already down in florida uh this wasn't that you know, the, a far of a stretch, so to speak, for him to go attend and to play there. It's a property he was already familiar with. So, I, you know, there was only probably so much stress that was put on him uh, in, in terms of him being competitive to play. So, um, yeah. Is it surprising? Yes, a little bit. His explanation also checks out and makes sense uh, as well. So, uh, you know, may, maybe... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that will be the norm. I think players will continue to uh, check in and out of off-season events, maybe some that will be a little bit more near and dear. I know the likes of, like, Double G. He's going to play in Gainesville in a few weeks. That's obviously uh, his, his hometown, so we're going to see him playing in that event. I think our players will continue to pick and choose a few events here and there in terms of what they're actually, you know, even though they're off, they still may pop in from time to time and then probably not take them quite as seriously, which I, I love seeing. I love seeing that they, they're there and they, they want to win, but there's, there's a 
little less focus and a little less intensity generally. And I think that kind of makes for uh, a, more fun. So he uh, and he looked good. By the way, I mean, no shock that he shot, you know, a, a 1070 rated round. That's, I didn't watch the final round of the event. I did uh, catch some of the second round in the first round. He, it's funny because when I tuned in on the first round, I watched him throw like right into the bush um, on one of the, one of the holes out there. And I was like, ah, oh, all right, well, Paul's like, not, ah, he, he's, he, he's, he's what's watching he going to do par. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he shot okay that first round. But then I, I caught him a little bit on the second round and I thought, OK, yeah, there's Paul. Like, yeah. yes, the, he just decided he, he didn't didn't even look like he put his foot on the accelerator. He was just Paul. That's it. Like he just played everything you'd expect from him. And he it didn't look like he from the again, I didn't watch it all. It didn't look like he did anything crazy um, other than hit a couple circle two putts. So he just plays Paul golf. All right. Uh, and, and yes, I know that they're not. Sil- it's not the silver series. Last year was after the s- you just corrected me. I think last I think year it was- got my back because you just got done correcting me last week. That, no, like uh, uh, earlier to year tonight. Did I? Yes, because this year they're silver events. Last year they were called silver series. I know. So if I'm referring to any events last in this last season, I'm okay to call them silver series. But now they've changed them to silver events because they're not a series. Which, whatever. <laughs> uh so he took home twenty four hundred. That's what I was uh, ultimately getting at. Took home twenty four hundred dollars. My only question is, and now now I'm going to come up with my own conspiracy theory Ooh. here is, uh, and this is kind of the joke or tongue in cheek with me saying, does he need more money? Uh, can can he if if he if he runs the table so to speak, and and wins at whatever else he plays this year, two more eight tiers, he surpass. Waisaki's winnings. Now, is Waisaki at 105? Single season, uh, single season record holder. That's... I, th- I think at the end of the season, at the end of the Elite Series season, Paul was at like 95 and Ricky was at 105, I believe. Ricky is currently at. R- Ricky, who spent the weekend in Mexico, is currently at a hundred and five thousand seven hundred and seventy six dollars. And Paul Macbeth is at ninety seven thousand five hundred and sixty six yeah, dollars. Not two eight tiers. As he, he runs the Paul Macbeth Open with a twenty grand added purse. <laughs> he just adds <laughs> it to himself. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, me. <laughs> uh, no, I. If there's truly only two eight tiers, he can't make up the the seven thousand dollars it is or six thousand. Those would have to be huge. You're talking two, three thousand dollar A tiers, which would be huge A tiers. I mean, we're looking at the the silver this week's silver event and last year's silver series events. Um, they didn't really they hit around twenty five hundred dollars for the winners. I feel like so I don't feel like he can hit that particular one just by playing the A tiers. He needs. I've done the math, folks. Great. $8,211 in winnings to surpass Ricky by a dollar. If he's just going to play the A tiers, I don't think he can get that. And then Ricky's got the the chaining in the New Year. the, the down, uh, down in Mexico on New Year's Eve. <laughs> New Year's Eve with, with a 10 million pesos payout. Um and he's going to play it on the course that the Macbeth Foundation put in, and Ooh, that's <laughs> I, I don't know drama. I'm I'm going to start it all up. So anyway, that's the math. 
whether or not maybe we'll have Paul on soon enough, but whether or not there's there's a, a little hint of of that competitiveness, who knows? But eight thousand, my math, I think my math tells me eight thousand two hundred and eleven dollars is what he'd need to win in order to surpass Ricky and then take over the single season. Now, I've already made the joke, too, to Kristen Tatar when I saw her in Chicago on the layover. I said, I'd like to run an event that has Kristen Tatar come and just make sure she wins at least two or three grand to get past Ricky's number as well, because that would be pretty cool to have uh, her take down the overall. I bet Lat might, Latitude 64 might sponsor some of that, some of that know, action. Maybe, maybe I'll be in Sweden or Estonia on uh a New Year's Eve or something, and we have this ginormous payout event. I don't know. It'll be the New World Estonian World New Championships mm. <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, yes, Sam, I think you're you're exactly what I'm joking about here. He said Paul could sponsor the event he plays in to the added cash. Wait till the end of the final round if he has a chance to win it. Yeah, clearly they wouldn't be doing that. Um, have you guys seen next year's schedule, Aaron asks? Yeah, actually, I looked at it today. I looked at it a little extensively today for some uh, skip ace reasons for Fantasy Disc Golf next year. So there's a I got, I got a lot going on there. But yeah, I looked at the schedule for next year. What what's the- uh, he doesn't ask me anything in particular. I just I think the the looming questions, uh, you know, kind of that are about our. Uh, things like will people play or visit the Japan Open? I know we've all a lot of us who have signed up for that at one point. You know, ultimately your money was refunded, and now they're sending out more emails saying, "Hey, are you coming? And do you want to be part of it?" That's taking place. I know there's a conversation about uh, the what the Tim Salinsky Masters event in Oregon is taking place the same week as of right now. It's taking place, excuse me, the same weekend as a an elite event is taking place in uh in oregon in the same state a few hours away i know that's been a conversation piece so i i think there's a few more things that are 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 still and then you know in the last few weeks we've seen different silver events added to the tour mm-hmm. um as well so yeah the schedule is probably pretty close to fleshed out but you might see a minor adjustment or two that, that's what i would say about that yeah the big change next year that is and I don't want to say big change because it's really kind of minor, to be honest. Worlds is starting on a Wednesday mm. and not a Tuesday like we've seen. And USDGC is starting on a Thursday and not a Wednesday. So Which ev- has been the last two years. Correct. Yes. It's the so, same as it was the last two years. Yeah. But yeah. But but Worlds is moving. Um, p- part, of, uh, part of me having to research some of that, is, again, it had to do with Skip Ace doing some figuring for next year as far as one of the features that we're looking to roll out. Uh, we had to take a look at start dates and whether or not there was some time from the last event to this event and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, having that little change, I think is going to make a big difference for the, some of these pros. Like it, it gives you a whole extra day of practice or rest, depending on what you want to do with it. Yeah. And that comes worlds though, is taking place again on Labor Day weekend, which yep. I'll just publicly Smugs. say, I don't care for, I, I don't like it either. Smugglers notch is beautiful. Uh, being out at Smugs, great time of year. I get all of that. I'm I'm on board with all of that. I'm just not a big fan of Worlds being on either the weekend before. Really, yeah, I I don't like Worlds. I don't like it within a week or so of of the 
um, of that. Uh, I understand some of the the concepts of it. I think we probably talked about this this year, but you've got that built-in Monday off. Sure. Which allows people to travel if they want. You know, because going to Smugs and getting out of there, you're not, odds are, after the event, you're not getting a Sunday night flight. You're more than likely going to have to take that Monday to fly out if you choose to travel to Smugs as a a fan. So I don't know if it helps or hurts because being that big holiday weekend, it might, I mean, having it on Labor Day is miserable for a lot of parents because kids start school that around then. Either the few days before. Or the few days after. Or the, so, few, or the day after. So, so people... I, it's kind of funny because people our age who probably have a little bit more disposable income who could maybe make a trip out to smugs to do something like that may be dissuaded from that because of family. It is in general a, a, a more celebratory weekend, a holiday weekend that you tend to spend with your family. So I don't know if it helps or hurts. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. I, that, that's a great question. I don't like it personally, but if, if all the signs point to, no, we've 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 done the research. It looks like it's going to help fan participation rather than have it on you know a different weekend. Then by all means, please do it. It just I I, I yeah. do think about and this is something we talked about extensively when getting live coverage off the ground, whether it was 2014 or when the Pro Tour rolled along in 2016. I feel like one of the biggest holiday family gathering holiday weekends that's traditionally winding down the summer that is often used for camping and grilling and outdoor activities feels like the worst time in the world to say, Hey everybody, let's pile inside the house and, and watch our, our Roku or what's, you know, Mm -hmm. let's watch our streaming device. Now I also of course still believe in live disc golf and, and understand if you're a diehard fan, you'll find a way to do it. Whether you're, you're watching the FPOs from church on that Sunday morning, you know, in the pew, or you're, you know, you're you're queuing it up Sunday afternoon and and ignoring, you know, what's on the grill, you know, that's all fine. Obviously, plenty of people will still do all of that. It's the world's. However, I just feel like you're you're you are putting a strike against it by putting it on that weekend. Um, so is it, it? I don't even know. Is it wrapping up that weekend, or is it? No, it, it wraps up on on the Sunday of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, yeah. Now this year, I'll be I'll I'll be curious to listen, and it might not even have any effect. But I know in previous years there's been talk of having events roll into Mondays if there's weather delays, and it, so far the PDJ has been pretty strict about that, saying nope. That is not an acceptable answer. You need an exemption. We need to talk about it. I'll be curious to see if anything happens this off season with the pro tour and that changing because inevitably, you know, are we going to see events roll into Mondays? If, if a Friday round gets rained out, does that push it to Monday or is it only going to be if the Sunday round gets rained out that it pushes it to Monday I'll be very curious to know what uh, what happens this year. If anything, the PDGA might just be like, nah, we didn't get to it. You guys still can't do that. I don't know. I don't know if that's something that people would like. 
Yeah. Especially with I some of the, the, the short travel. Yeah, times. I think of the logistical challenges to all of that and where your spotters, your volunteers, your U Diskers, everyone that's part of making mm-hmm. a successful event take place, and then having the idea of them being around for an extra day that is typically a work day. I I I understand we could go out and play golf. The golf could happen. There's enough diehard golfers or or should I say just on tour professionals that they could make it happen and so could a lot of the staff and the crew but then I think of all the extra mm-hmm. pieces that make things run smoothly not so much the pros because the pros can always do it almost that's I yeah. would say 95% of the players playing now do so pretty Correct. pretty regularly yeah, on not tour weekend warriors I get it yeah but we're talking all the logistics of the tournament directors the like you said the spotters the volunteers the scorers yeah all, all that stuff those types so um real quick Ryan says wouldn't most people not having work on Monday help the attendance to the event let's just say it does and and maybe, I yeah Johnny maybe. was saying that and that's possible I I do think of the practicality of the numbers though of Let's say instead of 2,500 people attending Worlds, let's give it 3,500. 3, I don't know what, I don't even know what capacity would be at Smugs, but let's just say 3,500. And now it's on a holiday weekend and that gets it to 5,000. I'm just making up a number here. Let's say it gets to 5,500, whatever. Is that worth it? Yes. For, is that on site <laughs> attendance difference worth it to the Tens of thousands that are displaced throughout the entire Labor Day weekend. I I don't think honestly if it if it's if it's my choice and and those are the numbers, the people have already probably paid to watch it. So whether they watch it live or whether they watch it a couple hours delayed, it doesn't matter. Getting those seats filled on the course to me right now is a bigger deal than your viewers home because it if you told me that we could have 20,000 concurrent watchers of worlds online or 40,000 obviously everyone wants 40,000 but if you told me that was at the expense of having 1500 extra 1500, people on site I take the 1500 extra people just okay. because at this point there isn't a big enough difference, I feel like, in 20 versus 40,000 or E60,000. Like that, that number isn't really getting us anything more these days. But there, what if that's the, what if that's, I understand what you're saying, but what if those numbers are similar throughout the entire weekend? So because of the weekend that it's on. So mm-hmm. it, it's that 20,000 difference on Thursday, mm-hmm. on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. You think the uh, the in person is more significant, is what you're saying? Advertisers probably still paying the same. Okay. Like if now if if there was a deal with the advertisers to say, hey, guess what, Discmania, who I just happen to have a disc here, um, we're gonna charge you per view. So we're gonna look at the the view count the day after and say, oh look, there was eighty thousand views. You owe us ten dollars per thousand views or whatever that number would made up number would be. Then that's a different calculus. But the sponsors are probably paying ahead of time, regardless of the number of views, whether it gets 1,000 view, concurrent views or 80,000 concurrent views. I don't believe there's going to be any difference. Sure. So well, to me, getting the people in the chairs now is a bigger deal. And, and I trust me, I come, you, know, you and I come from this live environment where we were cheering, cheering when we hit 5,000 concurrent. And now that's 5,000 concurrent is an average elite series event. 
Yeah, I if not way more. Yeah, I would. Yeah, way Sil- more. Silver. It, I mean, Silver Series. I don't think are quite hitting five thousand concurrent. Maybe they're getting close. I haven't looked at numbers in months because I stopped caring about that stuff. Um, but in general, it's. I I don't know. I think now we need to really focus on pushing the on course viewers environment and such to 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 make that kind of fill out. I feel like we're hitting. I don't want to say capacity, but we're starting to hit that upper peak of viewers online right now. And I could be wrong, but I I, I would focus on butts and seats. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I disagree. Okay. You can be wrong. Can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so I do have to read this. Somebody said... If they hold worlds at New World Complex, would that be the New World Worlds Championship? It, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that would be one way to look at it for sure. Uh, nonetheless, uh, and and no surprise, because it's the internet, he, he almost immediately, and I, I continue to say damned if you do, damned if you don't, uh, there, there was hubbub about mm. the trophies, and guess what, guys? Like, you can scream all you want. It's... Dumb. Maria Oliva is not in a corner crying or or um, uh, having a, a big problem or a breakdown in her van after taking down her f- largest event of her career and complaining about probably the size or the... Uh, it's a silver event. It, what, it, and it I, looked I, like a very nice trophy. It looked like a nice little glass-blown trophy. I, I only saw a brief one picture of it that you showed me. Um, it looked like a fine trophy for a silver event. Like there was, it, everybody uh, else is more concerned about murder. the trophies they're not winning than uh, ever before. Mm. I, I guess, I guess, good disc golf problems to have, right? That mm-hmm. we we can now uh, attack every single trophy that comes out, regardless of what it looks like. So, uh, uh, Robert had also asked earlier: Do spectators get a refund for rainouts? I would assume just like any other. No, Act of God, nope. I'll, I'll use in quotes. Um, I think it probably says on most tickets, is my point. Um, no, you you would not get a a refund if if there if if you if you bought a three day ticket pass to go watch all three rounds of an event taking place, and then sun, Saturday the second round or Sunday's final round end up getting rained out, you are. You're not going to be well, it's going to be a really interesting thing that we're going to have to look at. Speaking of that, of what kind of mixture of what I said earlier, say Friday gets you, you buy a Friday pass you, one day. I'm going to take the day off on Friday. I got something going on on the weekend. You buy a Friday pass. It gets rained out. The event now pushes into Monday. Does that Friday pass count for Monday or, or, or for Saturday or for Saturday? Because the guy who bought the three day or the, the the Sunday pass who wanted to be there for the final day is he getting kind sure. of worked now because he doesn't get to watch the crowning champion which they probably paid more for. Yeah, uh, I, I mean these are issues that are going to come up with the pro tour depending on how it's approached. Yeah, and, I, it, I I feel like that goes. Uh, it's a fair question to be asking now, and I feel like that goes hand in hand with yeah. Let's let's think about that. 
and write it in fine print somewhere now <laughs> so that we're not trying to figure it out that day. And and I don't say that in a condescending way. I say that as like, yeah, that's something we didn't really have to worry about or think about years mm-hmm. ago. And now some of that fine print absolutely should be spelled out one way or another. And I'm going to read a little more fine print. That's not really fine print, but it is a... On the internets, uh, and I just want to quickly read this because we gave an update a few weeks ago, and I'll read it now. Natalie Ryan had made a post saying that she's still recovering from her injury that she got at her last event. It's been nearly two weeks since the summit, which she spoke at, at the PDGA, and the PDGA has yet to announce anything on the topic. Uh, I believe this weight confirms that something will be changing in regards to trans athletes. I feel that it's about time I started planning for the worst and hoping for the best. So I need your help. If you know a good civil rights lawyer, please send them my way. I don't want to sue the PDGA, but this isn't about me. I play for all the trans people out there. So you had best be certain that I will fight tooth and nail for them if it comes to it. And uh, she, she also, with the caption, said, this is likely to be my last post on the topic. Well, I get things in order. Thanks for the support. So just giving an update, uh, as as we mentioned earlier, she said she had talked at the PDGA Summit. I, I was not privy to, or did I ask about from anyone, uh, any of the overall conversations. I don't know where the medical committee currently stands. I'm guessing, as she's saying, if there's any... If there's any changes to our policy, I would hope that we'd start seeing them sooner and later. I don't know what that magic date is. The, um, uh, it is currently, you know, November fifteenth, and if 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 there's any policy changes of any kind, and they are to take place, I, we've already said we assume January first would be the logical time that they start would be, time uh, in, uh, would would go into. So effect. you'd have to announce no later than early Jan, early December. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, is there because there's you, no perfect or magic date? No, one way or another. But no, but you want to you give think people it would be kind of sooner than ample later. time if if for instance Natalie signed up for an A tier local A tier on January seventh, and you yeah. would want to give that, and suddenly the rules change. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I I don't like her statement personally. I think it's a little bit extreme. I love the first part of it, but then asking about civil lawyers at this point may be the wrong approach just because you're not hearing anything. The PDGA, there's, there's a lot of discussion about this right now online. <laughs> I know. Really? Yeah. Um, the PDGA isn't a fast moving boat. I bought them two new motors once. <laughs> it takes them, and I, I and I, I like this for the most part. It they're very thorough about their decision making when it, I think when it comes to some things. I don't always think things through. I don't necessarily love some of the rules changes, but guess what? It's well, smarter, they were thought through and, and just and very just, much discussed. Just you may still disagree. Just with I them. may disagree with them. Just because you haven't heard anything doesn't necessarily mean things are changing. That is the that is the statement portion of the statement that I have an issue with, because as we've talked about a lot of times here, there are a lot of things to think about. As far as how this is going to go forward, not only from a rules perspective, but from a PR perspective, from I mean, every perspective, you the PDJ needs to have their bases covered no matter what which way the decision falls. Mm-hmm. So that part of her statement, I, I don't 
um, I, I don't care for. Um, clearly, if, if you follow our podcast, you kind of generally know where I stand. But that particular thing, I wasn't, uh, I didn't love the phrasing. I didn't love that. And, and if, if it comes to it and the rules do change and she wants to seek some sort of uh, civil lawyer, I, I wish her nothing but the best of luck. I mean, it's, I, I, I can't say one way or the other whether or not, uh, I don't know enough about lawyering to, uh, <laughs> to make a determination one way or the other on that. But yeah. just in general. I mean, it's. I I hope that we hear something sometime in early January. Well, and this continue early December. You mean early December? Sorry, uh, yes, early December. And this continues to all be relatively uncharted waters throughout. I mean, we have very few sports that have taken taken steadfast stands. There obviously there are some, but very few that have taken steadfast stands. That and and just overall the history here. I mean, let's be real. The PDGA itself is only, you know, 40, 40 some <laughs> years old, 46 years old. Uh, so the PDGA and our sport is only so old. And then obviously this topic and this conversation is only been around for so long in terms of competitive disc golf. So uh, we'll, uh, all we can do is wait and see at this point. Yeah. We'll, we'll say it again. Johnny nor I honestly have any inside information or, or updates or knowledge or anything of the subject matter whatsoever. And uh, I think it's just a matter of if if there's a policy change or not, uh, all we can do is report on it if one way or another, if there is. Um, <clears throat> Dan's just getting caught up saying the trophy is easier to travel with. Yes, Dan, we totally agree. Dan celebrated a birthday. I think that was a week or so ago already, but we'll shout him out anyway. Again, I Yet think again, we Yeah, I think we, one of our big smashies and supporters. We appreciate the heck out of you, Dan. Uh, I want to quickly, uh, if you want to plug your ears because you're going to wait for my post-production coverage in the next couple days to come out, that's fine. Um, so I'll give you a thumbs up when I'm done talking about it. But if not, uh, or if you're I, in the audio podcast, just, yep, just skip skip ahead about three minutes. Yeah, uh, I just want to quickly talk about I yet again, I think for the sixth time, found myself in Phoenix for specifically for the Phoenix Ladies Open. Credible event. Uh, they are in its 16th year. So it's happened uh, for that many years. It skipped one year due to COVID in 2020, but otherwise the event has been going on. And it's, yeah, I'm blessed. I say this all the time. I'm blessed to go to some of the coolest events. I get to go to our elite events and our majors, and those are all awesome and they continue to be, but also finding events and being part of events that aren't necessarily, you know, the huge production you know, media wise and, and hoopla and everything else, but rightfully so this is one of the greatest women's only events in the country. I don't think they have their pink distinction on it. Now that I'm thinking about it on the PDGA page uh, mm-hmm. where it's highlighted in pink, it should be uh, 126 women when it was all said and done. Absolutely awesome. And it's had to expand throughout these last couple of years. They've had to put up a separate course. There is now a south course. If you're familiar with the Memorial or Shelly Sharp event, you know that after a certain point, usually it's a whole seven of that layout, you'll go and you'll make that long walk and you'll go play the six holes way over on the south side. Well, they've actually set up 18 holes over there that are very appropriate for 
uh, some of the newer divisions or some of the uh, the youngest divisions, uh, all the juniors, for instance, along with your FA4s, I believe even your FA3s played over there as well. And so two separate courses, you know, matching skill levels as best as they can. And 126 women, insane players pack, well over 200% payout in every division. I, I literally helped with looking <laughs> at some of the math and the behind the, the scenes in terms of the uh, the event uh, finances and everything else. So great. I think minimum payout, yeah, minimum added cash for a B tier is $750. That's a PDGA standard. And they added $2,000 to the professional payouts in addition to giving them a player pack, which doesn't come out of their payout, doesn't come out of their, their entries or anything like that on the pro side. So huge added cash, which is great. That's all part due to so many of the people in Arizona, but then uh, a ridiculously large player pack and winnings all happening on the am side or amateur sides of the event. So, I, I just can't say it enough. If if you're looking to play, it's late October, early to mid-November, and you want to go to Arizona to play some golf, 70 degrees on very fun course that's that's not the memorial layout, not the Shelly Sharp layout, but a much friendlier, much more attackable course, then you definitely need to get to the PLO. Uh, I met some new <laughs> people out there that had uh were part of the behind the scenes the genies uh along with uh jamie spencer's mom in uh in jan she was out there again this year and then hosts that i had were marty along with kevin and i can't say thank you enough to everybody that was part of it and spicy boy was filming and and dan and robin were hosts and I, I could go on. I could go on for hours. I may release a separate minor podcast, uh, really highlighting this event. But I just feel bad for the people that wanted to skip the the solution because you just now went on for over three minutes uh, about how great well, the event was, they are. And, and and we didn't even announce. And we didn't even talk about the well, winners. No, let's face it, nobody skipped it. Uh, so uh, uh, <laughs> go, I'll read off the winners go uh, that we're seeing. If I can see them in front of me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on, shocker. Uh, the highest rated woman played well above her rating and quite honestly destroyed. She the shot 10, 20 rated golf. Is that good? That's great. Yeah. Shooting 10, 20 on average, a 10, 25 and a 10, 15 round, uh, own Scoggins just destroying the field by 17. I think she had an eight stroke lead going into round one and then it nearly doubled that or more than doubled that. Uh, after it was all said and done. So congrats, Owen Scoggins took it down, uh, finishing also on the podium, Violet Main, along with Tia Sherman and Carissa Dedman. So congrats, uh, Rachel Traeger took down F- FP40. And I don't know if you remember or recognize for, uh, a little throwback, and it was great to see her, first time she's been at an event in a while, Emily Hardy, who played... Mm. Years ago, when Johnny and I were which were uh, playing a lot more PDJ two six one two nine, it's been a while, and it was great to see her. Uh, she ended up finishing in second. Uh, Dana Merritt finished in first in FP fifty. Sheila Kirkham took down FP fifty five. Patricia uh, Patricia Miller Patty uh, took down FP sixty. Did she ace as well? I think she did. 
Uh, she won. I know that much. Uh, Samantha. Now I now I uh, will be challenged more. Benacci. Benacci. Well, uh, double we'll C's. That. Uh, took down advanced women. Congrats to her. Heather Putnam took down FA40. FA 50s winner was Becky Bear. Sandra's uh, Sandra and uh, Owen's uh, mother. Uh, Renee uh, Kolbinger. Kolbinger. I can't see it from there. Sorry. I'm getting older. Uh, FA 55 winner was Renee. Uh, Janice Jones took down FA 60. Kim Hudson took down FA 65. Uh, Lizzie Santasiri took down uh, FA2 Intermediate Women. Rec Women. Kelly Warburton took that down. Congrats to her. Angela Dart. Novice Women. Junior Girls. Daisy Bear took down uh, FJ15. FJ12 was Eden Fletcher. FJ10, Athena Cuevas. And Laurel Morris took down FJ8. And Emily Scott... They played in one. They played in. They played just one round. That was part of the feedback throughout the years, and they played in just the afternoon as their single round on the south course. Emily Scott took that down. So congrats to Emily. Uh, it, it may or may not say that they have a one o'clock uh, tea time <laughs> for some of the juniors over there. They just played the one round uh, on Saturday afternoon. So awesome! I just I can't say it enough. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But. Uh, Great time over at the PLO. And uh, I had another fleeting thought as we were uh, flicking through all those. I don't remember what it was. I apologize. Anyway, nice nice shooting people. I want to go back to Arizona. It's a lot nicer there. It is because we're we're, started, we're we looking at snowstorm in Wisconsin today. Thirty degrees and and snowy. I I stopped and got a new dome light for my car, and the 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 auto zone that I was at had little tiny piles of snow next to some spots, and I thought that didn't all just melt. Like it, literally, there was enough. Like they clearly put it into a pile, and it's most of it's gone. But come well, you on. certainly got a lot less. I know you're right here by Lake Michigan. You got a lot less than I did, uh, just uh, 15, 20 miles west really? of here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> to pull up, and I didn't see any at all, even on your no. on your driveway I didn't have or to do in anything. your yard. It was mostly like um, sleety. Yeah, nothing nothing that we had to shovel, so to speak, out by me, but there's it, it covered everything, and there's white on every tree. You get out by your house here, mm-hmm. uh, closer to Lake Michigan, not so much. All right. Any maybe other sh- maybe you should move news? out here by me. Maybe you should move out here by me. Eh. I don't like you. Well, that's fine. You don't have to. It doesn't. We don't have to hang out. Um, no, there's not. There's no real PDGA news. There's an article about how the PDGA works, but that's it. Uh, PDGA announcements. Bunch of discs that were released over the last uh, couple days in the last week. The Xenon from Loft, the Arc from Prism, um, PDGA ratings update, the Z Flyer from Precision Flights. Arwana from Elevation Disc Golf. Just the F9 from Prodigy. There you go. So I hit the F9 key and nothing happens. No. So, I don't know why not. What well, does F9 even do? I don't know. I'm going to try it. Doesn't look like it does anything, Terry. It doesn't. It's the one button or one of two buttons that doesn't have <laughs> it a, doesn't an extra symbol on it. have another uh, function to it. So. All right. Uh. 
Paul says, is this the after after show show? Of course not. No, we're giving you all PDJ news well, and updates. We don't do the after after show show. Let's be real. That's a whole nother podcast that did the after after show show. Who we does it? that used to be the disc golf answer man. Oh. Back when Bobby was with DD, they did the after after show show. Um I think they were mocking us. But, That's cute. <laughs> but but I, I don't know if they do that anymore. I know Bobby and Robert and Eric have uh, have have some little thing they do. I think they call it a podcast. I don't know. Yeah, that's adorable. They're cute. A uh, couple other uh, notes. Um, I think some bonus footage has arrived, and I believe Nate Perkins and I maybe Brian Earhart had put down some commentary on some footage that I didn't even shoot, but will all be released. Likely, it's a silver. Cup, which used to be a Silver Series event on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, uh, actually it was a regular. Event it was the first, it, year. the first year; it was a full it was event, a full uh, elite. elite series event. And uh, we have the final round, and I think that I just received commentary track for that, so I'll be able to put that together, put that on my page. PLO stuff. I've got stuff from New York from uh, a few months ago. Uh, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's going to continue to release on my channel. Uh, over the next uh, three, four, five weeks, six weeks, whatever it might be, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's coming to you guys. So stay tuned, as the as no one says anymore. Yeah, it's funny because we used to run into the off-season, and I always felt like the off-season had almost no video come out other than the stuff that you had banked. Yeah. You kind of banked up, saved a bunch of stuff, and then would release it throughout the off-season. That's not the case anymore. Like, the off season is filled with disc golf content now. Yeah. You know, you've got on tour, Jomez is doing uh different challenges and I think they're gonna have their I'm assuming they're having their putting game that's gonna come out mm. whenever podcast maybe uh is going to if they're gonna I don't I haven't heard whether they're gonna do the Paige Pierce podcast again this this mm. uh this season, but I know they've got some other uh podcast about the equipment, disc golf equipment or something. Mm. I don't oh know. I don't know. But you mean the one that uh, Jesse from Trash Panda is doing? Yeah, I. That that's a future, future, present, and past of. Them, yeah, I think that's a Jomas production. Yeah, but, it is. But yes, yeah, so the, the, they've got production stuff. I mean, uh, I, I know Ace from Productions does some stuff in the off season with the Florida events. We're not shy of disc golf content in the off season anymore. No. No, there's certainly uh, plenty going on, and um. Yeah, there's still a few more A tiers that are taking place, largely in the warmer climates, and of course we'll keep our our eyes on those. But yeah, plenty of plenty of action still taking place and happening, going down. All right, Johnny, do we have uh, anything else we need to cover here in the regular show? I don't think so, Terry I Miller. Feel like that uh, that does sum up pretty much everything that we saw taking place uh, in the last week or so. I believe we said all the stupid things there were to say. No, you've got more. I trust. I trust that you've got some, you've got some stored up. Listen, I'm one drink in. Mm-hmm. The party's just starting. Oh, great! I'm a little bit offended that the PDGA hasn't called me to ask me for my ideas. Mm. I, I mean, offended or no? Offended. I mean, the PDGA summit. Shouldn't they be running that stuff by me? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they should be like, yeah, Johnny. Do you mean good ideas I've had after a drink on Tuesday night that I haven't thought through? Uh, a lot. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just say PDGA. 
reach out. Yeah, you definitely need Johnny V's input. Uh, I do want to quickly add in here, as I was doing a little bit more work for it, players packs for my cold turkey uh, powered by Innova are going to, again, be awesome. I'm working with Miles to have some custom wares put together. Uh, Double G Jerky, of course, is going to be involved. Innova is going to be involved uh, in a major capacity. Really looking forward to what we're going to have for the cold turkey that's coming up. Is that next? Not this next week, but the week after already. So pretty close that we're going to have that all locked in. And also, uh, I'll quickly gloss over because I don't really want to spill all the details in the beans, but... Uh, this weekend also sent two cameramen out to Eugene, Oregon, and captured back-to-back rounds of a very, very uh, healthy, I was going to say B-tier, uh, Jeff Korn's resistance disc put on a solid event, and that footage is being edited as we speak. Not by me, but it is being edited, and that will also be put out uh, here relatively soon. So just teasing you guys more with plenty of footage that's going to continue to unfold. But big shout-out to Paul and Dustin who went out there and uh, filmed some great action. And also, uh, to quickly touch on it, I know that the Australian Championships taking place out in Australia, coincidentally, <laughs> is uh, happening. We saw that works. Uh, Jen Allen is uh, on her way out there and has just arrived out there, I believe, after spending a little bit of time this weekend in Hawaii. Drew Gibson, along with his significant other, Jen Allen's daughter, uh, Michaela, is Sounds out Sounds like a cute family trip. <laughs> Meeting the in-laws, even though he's known her forever. But uh, come on. Scott Stokely is out there, and I believe our friends from Gatekeeper are also out there taking in all the action. So uh, plenty of stuff going on over down under, so to speak, which is awesome. So I'm sure we're going to see plenty of action uh, from them. All right. We're going to close out the regular show. In the after show, we'll talk more about things that may or may not be disc golf related. We'll also have our weekly Patreon giveaway. Johnny V is going to get that all queued up. It's all set. Uh, appreciate you guys for uh, jumping in there and supporting us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. You can sign up to be eligible for our weekly giveaway. Um, every week we do a giveaway. That's how this works. Yeah, weekly. I think that's part of the weekly giveaway. It's pretty sweet. And... Uh, you can win like free stuff. And I have an idea. I think there's some uh, additional Smashbox uh, merch that uh, we're going to be able to bring to you exclusively right here through our wonderful little and I'm, I'm gonna, thingy. In the after show, I'm going to beg for some money. So. Ooh, that for me? No. Not from me. I know that much. Not That's from not you. You're idea. not getting but it. For I'm, me would be great. No, it's not from or for you. To me. Depends. Maybe. We'll see. Ooh, okay. I like this. All right, guys, we're going to call it. Uh, sorry, we has <laughs> the whole Jimmy Kimmel, Matt uh, Damon skit go. <laughs> sorry, we couldn't get, fit you in there, Matt. Sorry, we couldn't fit you in, Nico. Uh, Nico. No, seriously, uh, hopefully I'll catch up with Nico here to get some more insights from his Lone Star and, and uh, his schedule conflict. Didn't allow him to be here tonight, but... Um, Remind me, we'll talk about the fundraiser event in the after show uh, that's related but not to this last weekend. Okay. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's a short one. Regular podcast number 429. We'll see you guys in a little while for the after show when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 